Welcome, everybody. Whether you are a man, woman, black, white, Christian, Jewish, Hindu, Muslim, Buddhist, atheist, Cthulhu supporting, Satan worshiping, or even worse, Tottenham worshiping, no matter who you worship, no matter what you look like, no matter what you smell like, no matter what you talk like, welcome all of you to the Arsenal Cannon Podcast Transsensual Experience. This podcast is truly the greatest one, greatest, how would I say that, the greatest ever sporting podcast you will ever hear in your life. And if you disagree with anything I say, then you're wrong, to put it in simple terms. So get out of here, you loser. No, anyway. Welcome everybody to the Arsenal Cannon Podcast Experience. And today we're going to talk about Arsenal's most recent away victory again. This time coming against none other than Bag of Azerbaijan. We were away from home, though, and you know what? To be fair, man, they actually played pretty well. Um, I don't think we were particularly great on any front, especially not defensively. Um, I thought they really left us exposed on numerous occasions down both wings, up against Lichsteiner and against Kalashinak. However, down the middle of the defense, I think we were relatively solid. I thought Socrates played okay. Obviously scoring a goal as well. I thought holding was good. And actually, I thought Bernd Leno was the man of the match. So really just our problems came from our from our fullbacks, to be honest with you. And I'll get into that a little bit later when I'm going through the through the player uh, ratings. Um, but yeah, you know, we weren't particularly great. And that's kind of been a normality with most of our wins as of recently. That's not something we've grown ever so accustomed to, though. Because under Wenger, it was like, you know, if we play bad, we'd lost. And that was it. And, you know, Unai Emery has, is seeming as though he is changing that quite a bit. And, you know, we're, we're maybe we're not putting in as great of performances, but at the end of the day, we are still picking up points. So you can't really complain about anything. Um, yeah, I I don't know. Carry a bag, carry a bag, whatever you want to call them. They're not like a real real test, you know, we should really be just destroying them, to be honest with you, and and we did, we did, so, you, you know, you can only beat what's in front of you, and, and we did beat, what's in, beat what was in front of us, Um, you know, there was a pretty strong bench, I'll be honest with you, there was Mesut Ozil on there, and then there was Alexandra Lacazette as well, so, it seems like Unai Emery is actually taking this tournament really seriously, because, and, and you know what, he should be, he should be taking it really seriously, because there's not any guarantee by any stretch of the imagination that we are going to get into the top four and it's going to be extremely difficult for us to get into the top four so maybe winning the Europa League would be it's possible that it would actually be an easier route so we'll see how that goes you know we're going to have bigger tests though in the Europa League especially with the with the teams from the Champions League uh, dropping down into it in the next stages of the tournament which I don't agree with at all but that's a topic for another day. Um, but let's 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 take an assessment of the goals here. Uh, really early in the game, uh, Arsenal had a corner. 
and Montreal got a nice little header to it and basically Socrates basically was just standing in the right place at the right time it bounced in off his waist and the Greek international scores his first Arsenal goal so that was a good way to start that was that was in the fourth minute though and then for the rest of the half carry a bag care bag quare a bag whatever the heck you want to call them um well they really struggled you know they, they were really struggling or they were making us struggle rather they were making us struggle and you know they were mounting on a lot of pressure and I think that pressure came from them bursting down our uh, our left hand side I'm not entirely sure what the formation was um basically I'm, I'm living in the I live in the I live in the US and we used to have English commentary on Fox Sports 1 but now uh, I guess Fox Sports 1 must have lost their they must have lost their rights to the Champions League or something so now it's uh, the Spanish speaking guys on Univision I think it's called and basically I, I know a little bit of Spanish but I don't know I don't know a good enough amount to uh, to know what on earth they're trying to say so, it, but it looked like it, it looked like on the screen they were trying to say that we were playing with the back three. I don't think that was the case, though. They were they were saying Monreal was a center back along with Socrates and um, Rob Holding. I don't think that was the case, though. I think we were actually just playing the standard back four that we usually do play. And Monreal was playing as a left back, and then Kalashinak was actually just in front of him playing as like this kind of winger role but but it seemed like he wasn't really playing as a winger because he was primarily on the defensive end of the field so maybe he was supposed to be playing as a wing back but to be honest with you I'm really not sure but Karabag nonetheless they got a lot of joy going up against the likes of Stefan Lichsteiner and Sayo Kalashinak. Kalashinak obviously just coming back from an injury so I don't think we can hold this relatively shaky performance against him. And, and you know what, I'll, I'll get into this in the player ratings, but I think Kalashinak was probably one of our worst players on the pitch. Um, I saw a lot of people praising him, saying that, you know, oh, he, uh, you know, he played really well. And I know exactly why you're saying he played well. It's because that one occasion that he that coincidentally got us the corner to score the first goal, when he used his physicality to just brush past the defender and put it into the box, that was essentially the only thing that Kalashinak did the entire game. I mean, he did a few more things in the attacking aspect of the game, but really, defensively, I thought he was pretty shocking, to be honest with you. His positioning was poor, and I think that we all kind of, if, if we didn't realize it already, we all kind of come to the realization as to why Nacho Monreal does play over Kalashinak. So, uh, second, basically, second half began... Carabag, Carabag, Quarabag. Sorry, I. If uh, you know what, if you know how to pronounce it, give me a shout out on like, give me a shout on like Twitter or something like that because I genuinely have no idea. I'm just gonna call him a Carabag though, for the meme. Um. So yeah, second half rolled around and then Emil Smith Rowe, the youngster, 18 year old from the Arsenal Academy, scores and makes it two nil. Uh, he had a chance earlier in the game where he actually hit the side netting and. It, I could tell a lot of people in the stadium thought he scored because you heard everyone like start cheering, but it was actually just a missed chance. But then he did end up scoring his very first goal for Arsenal in competitive play. He did score against Atletico Madrid, that absolute cracking goal, but it wasn't a friendly, so it doesn't really matter. But Emil Smith-Rowe has officially scored his first competitive goal with the club, so I'm, I'm super hype. I'm super excited to see that. 
And I'm just really happy that, you know, Unai Emery is a guy that really cares about the development of youth. And I hope that Emil Smith-Rowe is able to, uh, you know, to, to, to continue to grow within the club because I don't want to really send him out on a loan. I want him to grow in the club and maybe get some minutes under his belt here. And, and then we'll see what happens. You know, maybe one day he'll get to the first team and be one of our superstars. And then, uh, you know, after that, it just, it just everything was going against Carabag and uh, Carriabag. And, it, it, you know, it just kind of seemed like, um, it, it seemed like something was just, there was like a voodoo piece of magic on the goal and it just was not, they were not able to put it in the back of the net, but that voodoo piece of magic could have also been Bern Leno, who I thought was fantastic in the game, but carry didn't take their chances and we pounced on it later on in the game. Matteo Guendouzi also getting his first ever goal. This is, this is awesome. Listen to this. He got his first ever goal. In like, in professional football, is is a tweet that I read on Twitter. That is freaking crazy, dude. His first goal and set up by none other none other than his homie who came on off the bench, Alexandra Lacazette, who made an immediate impact in the game as well. So, at the end of the day, comprehensive result for the Gunners. But I mean, honestly, it wasn't anything particularly special. And I think the score, the three 0 scoreline, really kind of flattered us. Um, but with that being said, let's get right into the player rating. Starting off with Bern Leno, who, in my opinion, was probably the man of the match. Um, at first, I was saying that Awobi was the man of the match, but nonetheless, Awobi had a fantastic game. But then, you know, as because I, I, I always like to watch the highlights after I watch the game to kind of get a better, um, basically watch everything over again and just kind of see, like, okay, who was the game changer? Who kept us in the game? Or who, you know, who won us the game? And I think in against Carriabag, it was definitely Burn Leno. He kept us in the game. Carriabag did not have any shortage of chances. And, you know, he just, he was fantastic. He was making a bunch of saves. Really good at playing the ball out from the back as well. And that is his second clean sheet now, the German international. And I think he is kind of starting to stamp his authority between the sticks to Unai Emery. He's saying, no, you know what? When Czech does come back, you need to keep me in here because I'm a fantastic goalkeeper. And, you know, all power to him. I thought Czech was in great form when he got injured, and it was unfortunate that he did get injured. But, you know, if Bern Leno comes in and starts, you know, cracking the ground from beneath him and making everybody kind of say, like, oh, snap, this kid's good, you know, then then all, all power to him, and I, and I hope that he continues. Uh, but, but nonetheless, I will give Bern Leno a 9 out of 10. He's my man of the match. I thought he played really, really well. Uh, moving up to the defensive players, starting off with Nacho Monreal, who captained the side in the first half, did come off in the second half. Um, hopefully it wasn't... I know Unai Emery came, come out, and I think, I'm think i pretty sure he said it, it wasn't an injury, and it was just so he could play it, so Monreal can play in the, uh, in the next game. And as we know, Monreal is not exactly the youngest guy, so maybe, maybe it was a good idea for Unai Emery to take him off um, at halftime for Lucas Torreira. And it looked like our... We actually looked a little bit better in the second half than we did the first. But Nacho Monreal put in a typical Nacho Monreal performance in the first half. I'll give him a 7 out of 10. Moving over to Seo Kalashinak, I will give... I thought he was probably our worst player on the field. Uh, he, he was okay going forward. He was absolutely dreadful defensively. And I'll tell you what. Hector Bellerin would have got completely roasted for putting in that performance that Kalashinak put in. I thought Kalashinak was absolutely terrible last night. 
He did not track back. He wasn't helping at all defensively. He did like one special move in the game where he pushed over a defender and got past him. And don't get me wrong, it was a great move, but really other than that, what did Kalashinak actually do the entire game? Essentially nothing. He was horrible defensively. And I think this, with that being said though, I am going to cut him some slack because I think it is just because he is coming back from injury. Nonetheless though, I thought he was the worst player on the field last night. I will give Kalashinak a 4 out of 10. Moving over to the center back pairing of Rob Holding and Socrates. I'll start off with Rob Holding. Again, I think he's consistently showing Unai Emery why he deserves to start over Skadrin Mustafi, putting in another solid performance. I thought both the center backs were pretty decent in this game, and I think that, you know, maybe the pair of that two, a really young kid and a uh, and an older veteran who has a lot of experience, will really help Arsenal immensely in their defensive issues moving forward. I will give Rob Holding an 8 out of 10. I thought he played well. Socrates, um, same thing as Holding, solid defensively, also scoring a goal. So for that reason and that reason alone, I will mark him a little bit higher than Rob Holding because a goal, you know, goal changes the game, whether it's a good goal, whether it's a crappy goal. And, you know, let's be honest, it was a crappy goal, but he's a defender and he scored. So fair play to him. I will give Socrates an 8.5 out of 10. Moving over to the right back, Stefan Lichsteiner, I don't think was that great last night. Um, he, he just looks like a guy who hasn't played a lot as of recently, and I thought he was kind of a he was kind of our problem uh, against Carriabag, and they were getting a lot of joy down his side, and they were getting a lot of joy down Kalashnikov's side as well. So I know I said Kalashnikov was the worst player on the pitch. I think Lichsteiner was probably the next worst. I won't give him a 4, but I will give him a 5 out of 10, Stefan Lichsteiner. Moving up to the midfield, uh, going to start off with Matteo Guendouzi. Guendouzi scoring his first goal for the club. But other than that, I'll be honest with you, wasn't great. Was a bit sloppy in the game, but he did get a goal, so it does mark him up a little bit. I would say before the goal, I probably would have gave him a pretty standard 6 out of 10. He wasn't terrible, but he wasn't great. But, you know, he's a guy that always likes to go forward, so, you know, give him a 6 out of 10 for that. But since he did score the goal, I'll mark it, I'll bring him up to a 7 out of 10. Um, next to him, Mohamed Elneny is getting a lot of slagging off from the fans, just like he always does. I don't really understand it. He's a hard worker. You know, when when you play a guy like Mohamed Elneny or you play a guy like Nacho Monreal, they are by no means extravagant players that are going to put in a 40-yard screamer or, you know, do a pirouette and nutmeg a player or anything like that. You put them on. They're okay. They're basically that guy at, that you work with that isn't anything special at his job. No one really likes him that much. But you know what? He always shows up to work and he always gets his shift done and he always gets it done right. And, you know, just, just leave the guy alone. He's not a bad player at all. I think people just like to scapegoat people. And I, I just, I disagree with that. I don't think Elneny was great. I will say that. But I don't think he was poor by any means. So I'll give I'll give Elneny a 6 out of 10. Uh, Lucas Torreira obviously came on at halftime for Nacho Monreal. And kind of just played in a more defensive role, moving Elneny up to the number 10 position, I think. I think most of us knew this already, but if in case you didn't know, Mohamed Elneny is not a number 10. And he played there for a little, a little moment of the game. Um... And yeah, it did not, did not work out at all. Uh, but Lucas Torreira came on. I thought he solidified things pretty well. And I saw the statistic. It's something like we went, we've went, we gone like 252. I, I could be wrong. It's over 200 minutes without conceding a goal when Lucas Torreira is on the field for us. So, 
that's a pretty impressive statistic, and that is one that you want to hear being associated with your new defensive midfielder. So he solidified things. I will give Lucas Torreira a 7.5 out of 10. Moving up to the attacking side of the pitch, I'm going to start off with Alex Awobi. I thought Awobi played well. Um, next to Bern Leno, I thought he was probably the best player on the pitch. Um, we lack width right now. I mean, honestly, we, we lack width, and Awobi being in this good form is really helping us out a lot, I think. And, you know, if he continues in this form, I have no doubt in my mind that he's going to take the starting spot off of Aaron Ramsey and be playing out on, on either the left or the right, depending on where Aubameyang is deployed, and then Ozo will play in the number 10 position. But, you know, I thought Awobi was fantastic, and I think he's, again, just like uh, just like Leno, I think he's kind of saying, look, this is why you got to play me because I'm in good form. So I will give Alex a I'll give Alex Awobi an 8.5 out of 10. I thought he played really well on the night. Uh, moving over to the youngster, Mr. Emil Smith Rowe. I thought he played well also. And and you know, um he, he seemed to, he seemed to, he seemed a lot more confident this game than he did in the prior ones. So, you know, respect respect to Mr. Uh, Emil Smith Rowe and Everybody, literally everybody is so happy that he got his first goal for the club. So, you know, shout out to Mr. Emil Smith-Rowe. Keep up the good work. You're doing awesome. And, you know, I, I just hope that he can, I, I hope he can continue in this awesome form. Uh, moving up to the striker, Danny Welbeck, I thought was okay on the night. At the end of the game, he had a chance where Lacazette really just put it on a plate for him. And he just completely... I love Welbeck. He's a super nice guy and he's a super hard worker. But oh my God, how on earth did he miss that badly? But you know, nonetheless, put in put in hard work. It wasn't awful, but was not great either. I will give Danny Welbeck a. I'll give him a five point five out of ten. And then uh, what what substitutes have I not mentioned? Oh, Lacazette. Lacazette came on for. Um, just the last last part of the game, really, and and he wasn't, you know, he, I, you know, I'll, I'll actually say he came off the bench, he got an assist, so he did change the game, and I'm I'm assuming that's probably what why Unai Emery put him on the field to begin with. So I'll give Lacazette a seven out of ten, and then who was the other substitute? Um. trying to think was there another substitute I'm not sure there was well I'm checking my notes let's see this is interesting because Daniel's uh Daniel's drawing a blank here uh, no, 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 no. no yeah Smith Roof started huh oh duh Ozil yeah, Ozo came on for Emil Smith. How did I forget about that one? Uh, yeah, Ozo. I mean, it didn't really do it. That's probably why I forgot. He didn't really make any change to the game at all. So, uh, standard six for Mesut Ozo. I don't think he really he really changed the game at all. But you know, nonetheless, we got a we got a good result. Three 0 away from home. Not something we're really used to performing poorly and then getting a result anyway. So I will give Mister Mesut Ozo a six out of ten for that game. But you know, nonetheless. I'm very, I'm, I'm happy, man. I'm happy we got a good win in the Europa League, and oh, it looks like it looks like Unai Emery's kind of just trying to get enough points 
to where it's like, okay, yeah, we're in the next round. We're good. We're good to go. You know, and, and I, I, I admire that and it's respectable. And, you know, now, now it seems like we're a little bit more no nonsense than we were under Arsene Wenger. So I don't know, man. Um, I'm hoping maybe we can, we could have a good run in the Europa League, but enough of the Europa League talk. Let's talk, let's talk Premier League. How about that? We're going against Fulham. We're going against Fulham, and you know what? If you're an American like myself, you are absolutely dreading this Sunday, and I will tell you why, because I'm looking at the schedule right now, and I'm noticing that we're away from home. Um, And on Sunday, if you're in the States, that game starts at 7 in the freaking morning. So basically, I'm going to have to go to bed pretty early on Saturday if I want any chance of actually waking up in time for that game. I always do, though. So, so hopefully, hopefully they may, hopefully I wake up for a reason. Um, but yeah, we're going away to Fulham. To be honest with you, I'm pretty confident going into that game, especially considering the team's recent form. We've won eight games in a row, so I don't think that the I, I honestly I don't really have any doubt in my mind that we'll win this game, and I don't know where this confidence comes from. Um, I just don't see us losing this game, to be honest with you. And and if it's a third away win of the season in the league, then that's a really good result. And I, I just I hope that we can I hope we can, I hope we can keep up this form, and I hope I don't sound like a complete idiot after the game is finished. But I, I am actually really confident going into this game, and I also think it comes down to the fact that I know that Unai Emery is going to pick a strong lineup. So with that being said about the strong lineup, why don't we just get right into it and then we'll get into the players we have to watch out for on Fulham and then players to watch for for us as well. So starting, so basically we're going to play a 4-2-3-1. I think everybody is aware of that now. But I think there are going to be some changes in this team that uh, comparatively to the one to, um, last week. So starting off in goal, we are going to see Bernd Leno playing. I thought it was a possibility that Emiliano Martinez would play in the Europa League game against Carriabag. However, he did not play, and I think that was actually probably a relatively intelligent move from Unai Emery because Leno hasn't got that many minutes uh, this season. And basically, you know, uh, go, in terms of being a goalkeeper, you know, you have to you have to get minutes under your belt to, to really get your feet right and all that kind of stuff and, and just be in the right mindset before a big game like this. So I think Leno was going to start in goal. No doubts about that. Emiliano Martinez is probably going to be on the bench because he is our current number two with the injury that come, came to Petr Cech. And just a quick note on the injury to Petr Cech. He's going to be out for about three to four weeks is what I heard. And I saw something on Twitter that really kind of pissed me off. I saw someone that said... Oh, Petrcheck is injured. Thank God. Shut your mouth. Don't ever. I don't care if you absolutely hate the guy. If he is on our team and he gets injured, you better not celebrate because that is just so wrong on so many ways. He is an Arsenal player. Okay? And at the end of the day, what Petrcheck wants is what's best for Arsenal. He wants to win, and if a guy wants Arsenal to win, then hell, I respect him. I don't care how controversial of a figure he is. I don't care if you want him out of the starting lineup for Bern Leno. You never celebrate one of your very own team's players getting injured, and I just thought that was, I'm not going to say the guy's name, but I just thought that was absolutely disgraceful. Anyway, though, I'm not, I'm not even going to go any further into that. Just, I swear to God, that is one of my biggest pet peeves. Do not celebrate when your own players get injured. That is 
so beyond classless and utterly pathetic. Um, but anyway, Lando's going to start in this game with the injury to Petrcek. I hope Petrcek can come back and continue the great form he was in before he got injured. And I just hope he can continue to prove all the haters wrong. Uh, moving up to the back line, I think we're going to see Nacho Monreal playing as a left back. Kalashinak got a full game under his belt against Karyabag and was not particularly great. As I said, in my opinion, I thought he was the worst player on the field. But I think that was I think that was a good idea of Unai Emery just to give Kalashinak 90 minutes, and he's probably going to rest him this game. So I, I think he's going to play Monreal as a left back, and actually I agree with Monreal being played as a left back. Um, moving over to the center back pairing, I think what we're probably going to see is Skadrin Mustafi coming back into the lineup alongside Socrates Papapavopoulos. I do not agree with that at all. I would take Mustafi out of there and play Holding in his place. I don't know what Holding has to do to get a starting spot. I'm, I'm hoping I'm wrong and that he does get the chance to start. However, I think that we're probably going to see Mustafi put back into the starting lineup, and I completely disagree with that decision by Unai Emery. Moving over to the right back, I think we are going to see Hector Bellerin in this game, and I actually do agree with that. I don't think Lichsteiner really turned that many heads against Carriabag. Uh, Bellerin has been in okay form, actually, for the past few games, so hopefully he keeps it up, and for him to keep it up, he has to stay in the starting lineup. So I'd start Hector Bellerin, and I think Emery is going to start Hector Bellerin as well. Moving up to the midfield pivot, just behind the attacking midfield trio is going to be Lucas Torreira and Granit Xhaka. Um, Torreira... You know the stats kind of speak for themselves. You know we haven't scored, we haven't conceded a goal rather for the 250 minute, 250 odd minutes that he's played with us. So he has to start in there. And I think Granite Jaka playing next to Lucas Torreira gets to really show us the, who the real Granite Jaka is. You know he's a deep line creative midfielder that's good at playing long balls. And him playing next to a proper defensive midfielder gets the best out of him. You know I I think in this for example. I think the, the I think the midfield pivot options that we have at this moment are either Torreira and Guendouzi or Torreira and Granite Jaka. Torreira's pretty much the only defensive midfielder at the team right now. I guess you could say Mohamed El Nenny is, but uh, but I, I'm not really sure though because he does kind of fly forward quite a lot. So I, I would say actually I would say actually Lucas Torreira was probably one of the few defensive midfielders at the club right now. So I think he would either he has to play whether it's Guendouzi or, or Jaka playing alongside him. But I think this game it's going to be Granite Jaka, and I actually agree with that. I, I would also play Torreira and Granite Jaka. Moving up to the midfield three, I, I think me and Unai Emery are actually in agreement on this one. I think down the left we're going to see Aubameyang. I think Emery is going to definitely stick with that. I think it, it pretty much speaks for itself, the fact that he wasn't even in the squad against Karyabag, getting a little bit of a rest before our away game against Fulham. Mesut Ozil is going to be playing in the number 10 position. I don't doubt that at all either. I think he's actually been in pretty decent form as of recently. And I just, I think that, um, I think Unai Emery really values him as a player and he, and he should. And it looks, it looks as though to me that Ozil is starting to look a little bit better, especially now considering that he has a real defensive midfielder behind him. So I think Oza will play in there, and I think Emery thinks that as well. Moving over to the right side, I think we're also in agreement with this, and I'm very happy that we're in agreement with this. I would drop Aaron Ramsey from the side due to the contract saga and all the controversy around him right now and the fact that he's just not in that great a form. And I would personally play Alex Iwobi, who has been brilliant. In the past, like, four games he's played, he's 
been one of the best players in every single game. So I would definitely play Alex Iwobi down the right. And I also think that Alex Iwobi has caught the attention of Unai Emery, and we will see him playing in the away game against Fulham. Moving up top, Alexandra Lacazette was in the squad against Bag, and I think he will also be a starter in this game. He didn't start against Bag, but he did come off a little bit later in the game and actually managed to get an assist and provide Matteo Guendouzi's first ever professional goal. He's been in fantastic form. He's pretty much set on getting the Arsenal player of the month, and he actually is in the running for uh, getting the best Premier League player of the month. So, you know, if you're an Arsenal fan, you know, that's the one thing we always win as Arsenal fans are polls. So go out and vote for him. Maybe he didn't deserve it, but who cares? Let's vote for him. Let's support the guy. He's a fantastic player. And let's just hope he gets... <laughs> I, I know he's going to get the Arsenal player of the month, but let's let's controversially give him the Premier League player of the month. That would be amazing for the French striker. And a little note on Alexandre Lacazette. I just don't understand at all how he's left out of the out of the France squad again. I think that is such a loss for Didier Deschamps. And, I mean, I, I get that the other strikers there are fantastic as well. You know, the likes of Mbappe, Antoine Griezmann, you know, Olivier Giroud, who suits their style well. But, you know, I, I just feel like it's almost criminal to a certain extent not to call up a guy with the talents of Alexandre Lacazette. And even, I know he's, he doesn't play for our team, but even a guy like Karim Benzema, I just, feel, I, I just feel like that is so wrong to just leave them out of the squad altogether. But anyway, this is an Arsenal podcast. It's not a France podcast. I really could give a flying crap about what France are ever doing. So that's what I think the starting lineup is going to be. Um, typical 4-2-3-1. Just a couple changes in there. Leno coming in for check due to the fact that he's injured. And Alex Awobi coming in for Aaron Ramsey. For a couple reasons, I think Awobi's been in great form. Ramsey hasn't been in great form. And also the whole contract saga that Ramsey's going through right now and all the controversy around him at this moment in time. So to end things off, let's talk about a couple players that I think we have to watch out for in this game. On Fulham, there's there's probably two that I think we really need to keep our eye for eye out for. Um, first one being Jean-Michael Siri. You know, he's a fantastic player, the former Nice midfielder. And big clubs such as us in Barcelona were interested in him. Fulham managed to nab him up. I'm not sure how on earth they managed to do that. But nonetheless, respect to them, and we are going to have to definitely watch out for him. And I think we're also going to have to watch out for the man in form, the Serbian international. Um, crap, I forgot his name. Mitrovic, yeah. <laughs> I almost said Milikinovic or something. But, yeah, Mitrovic and, you know, I, Newcastle are probably just kicking themselves right now, aren't they? Because they really are in dire need of a striker at the moment. And I, Mitrovic has just been on fire this season. I think he has four goals already, so not bad at all, especially not playing for one of really the top teams in the Premier League. So I think those are the two players we have to watch out for, for Fulham, uh, Jean-Michael Siri, as well as Mitrovic. Um, in terms of us, players that I think Fulham are going to have to watch out for is the, t- is the usual suspects, um, Alexandra Lacazette, and then Aubameyang, but I think neither of those are actually going to be my player to watch in this game. My player to watch in this game is actually going to be Mesut Ozil. Fulham is not generally a team that likes to sit back on their morals and play defensive, ugly football. For a lower-ranked team, they like to play expansive, attractive football. So, I th- And Ozil thrives in games like that. So I think that they're, they're going to have to be wary about the threat of Mesut Ozil. 
So I think the player to watch for Arsenal is actually going to be Mesut Ozil. And he's been in decent form as well. So I'm hoping maybe he can get another goal or possibly even an assist this game and just keep on this very, very impressive run of form that he's been going through. But that's all I have for you guys today. Um, I'm looking forward to the game against Fulham on Sunday at 7 in the morning. That is going to be an absolute nightmare. And then after that, it's another international break. So I'll make a couple podcasts and a couple videos during the international break because, frankly, I won't have anything else to do. But thank you guys for watching. Be sure to check me out on Twitter. My at is going to be at Daniel underscore Finton. Also, check me out on YouTube. My username is Danizzle. I am looking into changing that soon to just my name, Daniel Finton. However, I just changed my name too recently, less than 90 days ago. So I can't change it, apparently. But who knows? Anyway, it's not really that important. But yeah, check me out on YouTube. Check me out on uh, Twitter as well. And be sure to subscribe and leave a rating for this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, whether it be Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any of the podcast apps that you use. Be sure to subscribe to me, and and you can leave a comment as well. Tell me what you think I could do to better this podcast or what I could do to better possibly um, improve my YouTube videos. So I do appreciate you all for listening, and I will see you all after a guaranteed three points against Fulham. Bye-bye.